such a privilege to be able to share with you today. And uh, I want to uh, share t- uh, from one of the great prayers of the Bible. I just got to find it and I'm turning it upside down every way I'm going. So this is weird. Right. <laughs> got it right this time. That's fantastic. So I've called it a Christmas prayer and three heavenly gifts for you and me. One of the great prayers that Paul gave us, I'll read it out. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. This prayer has been in your church for about 2,000 years. Lord, so many people have been touched by it. So many people have prayed prayed it, Lord God, and longed to have that sort of understanding and revelation. Lord, speak to us again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amazing prayer. And the first gift in the prayer is, I call it a gift of love and intimacy. We can call God our Father. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You know, it's interesting, over 3,000 years ago, God uh, revealed himself to Moses in a burning bush. And he came and uh, told him what he was going to do, go to Egypt and set his people free. And they had a conversation together. And Moses said to God, said, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what do I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And the word I am is the letters that are up there on the board. Y-H-W-H. Are they up there? They will be. And... With the, with the Hebrew, they just have the consonants, but they don't put the vowels in because the word can be said in different ways and have a different uh, sound uh, to it. And today we uh, translate that in the Bible or in uh, different people using it as like Jehovah or Yahweh is the common use of, of, of that name. But in actual fact, we don't exactly know how to say it. 3,000 years later, after God revealed himself to Moses and gave Moses a key of communication where Moses could talk with God and God could talk to Moses and Moses could relate to the people all the things that were on God's heart. Moses had a great relationship with God. Sometimes he would go out, well, whenever he went out to the tent of meeting the cloud of glory would come down and, and rest over the tent where Moses was. And God would talk to Moses face to face 
like a man would talk to his friend. That's how close the communication was. And it says that when the Israelites saw the cloud moving like that, they would all come out to the front of their tents and they would worship God. It was such an intimate, such a powerful revelation of God communicating uh, with his people. Uh, and he gave that name that, uh, that they could talk to God and they, they could be used for communication. But here's the interesting thing, is that name was used all through Moses' uh, generation. But then we don't know exactly what happened, but somewhere after uh, Moses had gone and that uh, group of leaders had gone, a group of religious leaders decided that the name was too holy to be spoken by these sinful lips. And so nobody was allowed to use the name anymore. And so it was lost, and it's been lost to us today so that we don't even know today exactly uh, how it should be pronounced or how it should be said. It's interesting, isn't it? How we can bring religion in, like God is looking for relationship. But we start to bring religion into the relationship and we create barriers that stop and hinder communication. What a difference when Jesus came. He said, when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. So we're still honoring the name of God and the names of God. But we can call him a Father. You know, when we use the term Father, uh, the word uh, in, in Greek is, is Abba. It's not the band. It's just Abba. <laughs> And, uh, and it's the word a young child would use speaking to their father, daddy. You know, it's a close, relational, intimate name of, uh, of the most uh, common source that we have of a child with their loved daddy that they love so much. You know, God wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to know him and for, for him to be uh, able to communicate with us. The Apostle John said this. He said, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. You know, the word lavished there is, is a word that you would use if somebody like Beyonce or Sylvester Stallone were doing up their mansion. You know, there, there'd be no expense spared. They would, they would just buy whatever artwork they wanted, whatever furniture, anything at all. They would not be worried about the cost it was to get it. That's the love God has for you. The Father has lavished his love upon us. I don't know if you've ever thought, you know, where do I fit in in, in God's plan? You know, what, what number am I, you know, amongst all the kids? You know, you think about it and you think we have somebody like uh, Roger and Sue Carnegie are probably up in the top 100,000, you know. I mean, I'm probably 3,500,639. Who knows? You know, but the great thing that we really, really need to understand this, and I want you to get this right, in one way God loves us all the same, but each one of us, he loves in a special way. He doesn't just love us average. There's no average with God. You know, you are special. You are unique. I have my grandkids and kids all be coming up over Christmas and spending time with us. And I know one of them 
you know, at some point will turn around and say, oh, yeah, Papa, but I'm your favourite, aren't I? You know, and then, and I'll say, yeah, you are. And then another one will say, hey, hold on, I'm your favourite. And I'll say, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, the thing is this, I love all my kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, I love them all the same, but I don't just love them average. I love them because of their specialness, their, their uniqueness. And, you know, God took such trouble to create you the way that you are. You know, they say every one of our irises are all totally unique. You know, even the crazy shape of our ears. You ever looked at your ear? Really weird, eh? But they're all different. You know, there's no two that, that are the same. You know, your fingerprints are all different. You think how unique and how special you are. That's how God loves you. God loves you because you're so special that when you were made, he threw the mold away. And he said, I'm going to do something different. And I'm going to create something new. You are incredibly special to God. And he loves you. And he wants you to know it. He doesn't want you to put on some sort of false humility that, oh, you know, I'm so humble. I'm way down here somewhere. You know, you can be humble and right up there because you want the specialness that God has for you. The second gift is what I call the gift of Christmas, the gift of love and new life, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then Paul expands it further. It's about the love of Christ in your hearts. And he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. The word know there is experiential knowledge. It's not head knowledge. It's, it's knowledge that you've experienced. It's, it's like the intimacy that's developed in the relationship of a husband and a wife. You know, over time you start to know what they're thinking before anything is said or any action happens and you know it's an intimacy that's built up through love and through relationship and that's what Paul's prayer is that you know you know what that love is in your own experience you know even if you've received Christ as your savior that you know the extent of the love that you know how high and low and wide and deep it is, the depth of that love that touches your life. You know, firstly, we know that uh, God's love was the love for the world. This is how God loved the world. We were singing the song. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God loves the world. That's not the mountains and the hills and the sea. That's the people in the world. He loves everybody. But you know, this is the thing with, with knowing God. You know, all of us here, we're a mix of people. Some of us are grandparents, some are great-grandparents, some are parents, some are single adults, some are children, young people, infants, whatever. But you know, God doesn't have grandchildren. You know, God just has children. You know, you're his child if you've received Christ as your saviour. And, you know, with 
with our young children, our babies. You know, in this church, we dedicate them to the Lord. Really, we're dedicating the parents to bring the child up in a way that they will love God. And at some point, they'll make their own decision that they will, in their own right, become a child of God and not just be dependent upon the faith of, of their parents. God doesn't have grandchildren. He just has children. And uh, John's gospel says this, to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You know, Christmas reminds us of the greatest gift of all, the salvation that we can have through faith in Jesus Christ. And I love what Paul says about grasping how wide and long and, and deep the love that surpasses knowledge. You know, whenever I read this scripture, I add a little bit to it, I'm not adding to its meaning. I'm just adding to its personal speaking that's happened in, in my life. And I always read it like this. And to know this love that surpasses the knowledge of who I am. You know, when I, I was brought up in, in an evangelical church, and I knew about God, and I knew about making a decision for Jesus, but I never made that decision as a young person. And then I left church and married Maggie, and when we were about 24, we started to seek God. And a voice said to me, uh, the answer is in the Bible. And I start, we started to read through, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts, read it through several times. It didn't mean a whole lot, but we kept at it. Until one day, I was in a room, uh, by, my, in a room by myself. I, Maggie was working day shift. I was working night shift. And I came to a verse, and it says, When you pray, go in a room by yourself and close the door, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And I realized I was in a room by myself, and suddenly I, I literally felt the room filled with the presence of God. It was a bit freaky. And I didn't know what to do. I remember sliding, because I was sitting in bed, I, I slid down beside the bed and got on my knees and had the Bible in front of me. And after about five minutes, I thought, man, I should say something, you know. <laughs> but I hadn't prayed since I had no idea what to say. And then I opened my eyes and the next verse from where I was reading in the Bible said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. I prayed the Lord's Prayer. That was my sinner's prayer. And Christ came into my life and transformed uh, my whole being. And, and all I can say is this, is that the very thing that had created the barrier from me receiving Christ was the fact I knew I was never good enough. I had an idea that a Christian life standard should be at this level. And I knew that mine wasn't. And even though I tried to give up things, you know, whether it was habits or language or whatever it was, in my own strength, I just couldn't. I just didn't, didn't change. You know, that day God broke through into my life. I didn't have to change anything. He loved me like I was. You know, the love that surpasses the knowledge of who I am. And that's how God loves you. He doesn't care about the mistakes you've made. He doesn't care about the bad temper that you have. He doesn't care about all the faults and failures and mistakes that you've made. All, he knows all about those things. 
but he can cover those things and he can help you to overcome and to succeed in life. And you know, he came in and he loved me. And you know, that's 50 years ago. I still experience that love every day. And the other thing that came was I felt clean, like all sin was washed away. All wrong thoughts, all anger, all bitterness, all those things was born again. You know, receiving Christ into your life transforms your life. And it's that much that God loves you. You know, know in your heart the love of God and pray about understanding how high and wide and deep and nothing can stop that tremendous love that he has for you. And in the third gift, I call it the gift of love and inner strength. Paul said this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You know, the last meeting that Jesus had with his disciples, he said, listen, buddies, you guys, you can't do this in your own strength. And he said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I'm going to repeat a little bit of that again in a minute because when you read the Gospels and the book of Acts, this is the most repeated promise that Jesus gave to his disciples. It's repeated seven times in the, in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. And Jesus said, added to it, which you have heard me speak about. So Jesus has obviously spent a lot of time talking about when the Holy Spirit would come. If you read John's Gospel, 14 to 16, all about the Holy Spirit. And there are different parts of each of the Gospels that talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spent a lot of time preparing his disciples to receive the gift that they needed to live the Christian life and to be the witnesses that he wanted uh, them to be. And we know on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came on the 120 that were in the room. They went outside and crowds gathered around because they heard what was going on because they were speaking in different languages and uh, people wondered what was happening. Peter got up and he preached to thousands of people. And this is what he said at the end of his message. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Do you know who's really far off from Jerusalem? You know, it's people who live in Auckland. People who live in New Zealand. We're the country furthest away from Israel. You know, you put a compass out on the map and whirl it around. And you'll see it actually comes, the city it actually goes through is Christchurch. But it's New Zealand. So you're in the promise. You know, it's for you, for your children, for all people at Auckland, City Elam, people that are far off for every single one of us. The Holy Spirit came on Pentecost sovereignly on 120 people. But that day, 3,000 more people were baptized in water and hands would have been laid on them. 
and they received the Holy Spirit. They weren't just baptized in water. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was the start of the church. And we are strengthened through having the Spirit in our lives. And I want to encourage, you know, any of you here that haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, at the end of uh, the service, there's going to be an opportunity to come forward. You've got a team of people that would love to pray with you to receive in your life the strength of the Holy Spirit. Some of you others might be going through difficult times and just need, you know, a, a, an infilling of the Holy Spirit to help you right now in, in this time. And again, at the end of the service, there'll be opportunity for you to come forward. Other people can go to the cafe. You come forward and we will pray with you and see what God will do in your life. How does the Spirit strengthen us with his power? Let's just go through this quickly. Number one, he strengthens me. When I'm stressed, I have strength for all things through Christ who empowers me. You know, there are times in our lives we can feel overwhelmed. Well, there's no better time than Christmas, eh? <laughs> Where the pressures come on. We can feel stressed. You know, stuff can build up. But, you know, the year can end with disappointments and memories can come back. But, you know, we can find strength through his spirit. And perhaps for you, it's, you know... Could be any of the different things. Could be people, could be a loss. Maybe your study didn't go as well as you were hoping and the results aren't as good as they were. Whatever it is, it's getting that strength from the Spirit living in you. Number two, he encourages me when I'm discouraged. The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saves those who have lost all hope. You know, some of our experiences can be hard to understand. You know, Christmas, you know, when we have a holiday or a break, it's a really good time for reflection on, you know, what's gone over the last 12 months, what we are going through at this season, and reflecting with the Holy Spirit's leading, and cast our anxiety on him, because he cares for you. He will guide me when I have doubts. You know, Jesus didn't come to shed light, he said, I am the light. He didn't come to show the way, he said, I am the way. We can trust him, and he will lead us and guide us. God's word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for your path. You know, I just want to challenge every person here. You know, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know, today is a great day to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you'd like to pray it from your heart, you don't have to speak it out loud, but if you just pray it with meaning, you know, I promise you that God will come into your life and this will be a new beginning for you. I'm going to pray the prayer. If you want to uh, follow, then uh, please do that now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to make me the person you want me to be, in Jesus' name. Amen. If everyone could just keep their eyes closed for a moment. You know, if you've prayed that prayer, I'm, I'd like you to put your hand up. I'm, I'm going to count to three. And uh, when I get to three, if you just put your hand up and put it down, I'll, I'll see it. And I'd, I'm not going to pull you out. I'd just love to pray for you. Thank you. I see that hand. One, two, three. Three, I see that hand down the back. And another one over there. 
Father God, I just thank you for each person who put their hand up. Lord, that, Lord, indeed, you will reveal yourself to them. And Lord, that you will bless their lives in Jesus' name. If you put your hand up, it'd be good to um, fill in the uh, card that's on the seat in front of you, the Connect card. And uh, like I said, at the end of the service, if you want prayer for the Holy Spirit or any other need, uh, we encourage you to come forward.